Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along on this Monday morning as we get into the Word of God, talk about it. And this next few days, we're going to be talking about a very, very important topic that really there, there, there can be a lot of confusion about, and it's important that we understand it well, and that is the, uh, the Christian's relationship with the law. Now, there's two extremes you can have here. One extreme is called legalism. Legalism is when you believe that we are justified by God by what we do. If we keep the law, we're okay with God. If we stumble or sin, we got to get saved all over again. That's one extreme on this. The other extreme is called antinomianism, and that means literally without law or lawless. And that is a belief that because of grace, the law has nothing at all to do with our life at all as Christians anymore. And we're no longer under the law, and indeed, many who are in the antinomian camp, they take sin pretty lightly and uh, uh, sin quite a bit. And both of these can be a problem. Both of these are a problem in the Christian world. Those who think their approval by God is based on their performance, and on the other side, those who think because they're saved, it doesn't matter what they do, and they have become literally lawless. So let's take a look at some scripture here as we're going through the Sermon on the Mount and see what Jesus has to say about this topic. We're in Matthew chapter 5. We'll read today verses 17 and 18. Do not think, Jesus said, do not think I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now, Jesus was being accused by the Pharisees of being against the law. You know throughout the Scripture there are many, many times where there was debate or disagreement or conflict with the Pharisees, primarily about keeping the Sabbath. What were you allowed to do on the Sabbath and what weren't you? And indeed, to this very day, Jews have a lot of additional explanation or laws about what is permissible on the Sabbath and what isn't. When you travel to Israel, if you happen to be staying in a hotel on the Sabbath day, they have a Sabbath elevator. And that elevator stops at every floor, uh, and uh, going up and coming down. Why is that? Because it's against the it's considered Sabbath-breaking, lawless Sabbath breaking if you push the button on the elevator. You're allowed to ride the elevator, but you're just not allowed to push the button on which floor you want to stop. And indeed, the Jews of Jesus' day had a lot of these specific regulations as well. And when Jesus was breaking the Sabbath, was he really, he wasn't breaking the Sabbath, he was honoring God. He just wasn't following all their additional regulations that had been built up upon it. Let's get back to the law, though. He was accused of abolish, coming to abolish the law. And he makes it real clear here. He did not come to abolish the law. Jesus did not do away with the law. The law is still in effect. Heaven and earth is still here. God, is a, God has accomplished many things. Jesus accomplished something very significant when he, died on the, when he lived a sinless life and died on the cross. But all has not been accomplished of what God is wanting to do. And the law is still here, and the law is still in effect. Heaven and earth has not passed away. Jesus would say the law is a good thing. It came from God. It came from the Father. So how does this relate with us Christians? 
As a matter of fact, we have a very important thing that the Apostle Paul really contended. Paul took the gospel to the, to the Gentiles. And he was the, considered the apostle of the Gentiles. And, of course, most of us on this live stream would be Gentiles. Most Christians today are Gentile or non-Jewish. And this was a radical thing to break forth with the gospel out of the Jewish community. And Paul argued, you know, there became these questions, are, how, are Jews, how are Gentiles saved? And Paul argued strongly what we read in Romans 3.28. We maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is a vital Christian understanding. We are not saved by keeping the works of the law. This is what Paul maintained. This is what he argued. This is a major theme of the book of Romans. And also, dare I add, the book of Galatians and Ephesians and probably all of Paul's writings and throughout the New Testament. This is what grace is. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and not, not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, lest anyone should boast. And so though there he just says works, but referring primarily to the works of the law. The Jews contended were saved through the works of the law. To this day they believe that. That is by keeping the law. And Jesus would have great conflict with the Pharisees because that led to self-righteousness rather than to true salvation. And so we're not justified or made declared righteous. That's what the word justified means. We're not declared righteous by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. So this raises a question. How do we relate to the law? Is the law still good? Is the law still important? Well, it's important to understand what the law was all about in the first place. <clears throat> Paul argued in Galatians chapter 3 that the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we're no longer under a tutor. What does this mean? The tutor the tutor was considered, like we think of someone who gives you special instruction in a particular field, the tutor was like the, the child manager, the, the person who would take care of the child. The tutor would take the child to their mentors. The tutor would be instructing, but ultimately the tutor was designed to bring them to maturity. You're not always, a child's not to always be under the tutor. The tutor is to help raise the child and bring the child to maturity. And Paul is saying here that the law is like that tutor. It's to bring us to, it, it's not, we're not to always be under the tutor. We get to the point where we grow up. And in this case, we get to the point where the law, the, the law is a tutor that brings us to Christ. The law was not meant to justify us. The law was meant to bring us to Christ. Now that's really, really interesting. Think of that. The law of God was not meant to justify us. No one has ever been justified by keeping the law. Rather, the law reveals to us our need to be justified by faith in Jesus Christ. In Romans 3, he says, we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, 
for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. This is a very, very important point in, in, being, in learning how to lead a person of faith in Christ, in raising our children properly, indeed in having a society that could ever fear God and see a revival. We talk about this a lot, but in order to have this, there must, people must be coming to Christ. Why do they come to Christ? Now, in our day and age, we often want to say, well, he'll heal you or make you feel better or give you a good life or something like this. But Paul is writing that the law is that tutor. The law brings us the knowledge of sin. Jesus Christ came to forgive people of their sin. Jesus Christ came to address the sin problem. Indeed, when he was announced that he'd be born, the angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus ultimately comes to address the sin issue. And this is an issue with every person, but not everybody realizes this. The Pharisees evidently didn't think they had a problem with this. Indeed, the primary problem, the primary thing that stands in the way of so many people coming to Christ is self-righteousness. They don't really think they're a sinner. Oh, now, maybe you were like me years ago. I would have said, as you would have asked me, Tommy, you're a sinner. And I said, well, of course, everybody's a sinner. Nobody's perfect. But if you would have asked, have I broken the law of God? I would have said, oh, I don't think so. Are, am, I, am I deserving of God's judgment? Well, no, I'm not a bad person. And if they said, well, I thought you said you're a sinner. Yeah, but, you know, everybody's a sinner. That just means I've made mistakes. I'm not perfect. No, to be a sinner means you've broken the law of God, and you're considered guilty in the eyes of God. You see, this is what Jesus came to solve. When the Bible teaches that the wages of sin is death, Christ died for our sins. But this only makes sense if you believe you are really a sinner and not just, yeah, I've made some mistakes, I've fallen short, I'm, you know, I've, I've done some things wrong, I suppose. But it's in, when a person acknowledges, I am a lawbreaker, I have broken the law of God and I stand guilty and condemned before him, suddenly there becomes an interest in the soul, what well, is there a way out? What can I do? We tend to think at that point we just need to work harder, try harder, do maybe some extra good works that can maybe balance out the scales of justice. No, the answer to the sin problem is, a, is the person of Jesus Christ. And so what is the purpose of the law in the first place? The law was given to lead us to Christ. The law was given to convict us of our sin. The law was given to show us that we fall short and we need forgiveness. The law was given to show us that we're lawbreakers. We've got to understand this. And this is why it's important that we understand the law. And dare I say that we know the law, we can declare the law, and we teach the law. It should be taught in our churches. It should be taught to our children. It should be taught to the unbelievers. Because through the law comes the knowledge of, I'm a sinner and I need salvation. So what is the law? Just real simply, I'll mention them here. I think we should all know them and memorize them. But the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me, only one true God. 
you shall worship him alone. No idols. You shall not make an idol, bow down before any idol and worship it. You shall not take God's name in vain, ever. You shall never misuse the name of God, ever. That's the one command that God says, if you do it, you'll not be left unpunished. And that's the one command so many people don't think it's any deal to break it. Keep the Sabbath day holy, the fourth commandment. Honor your father and mother, the fifth commandment. You shall not commit murder. It's the sixth. You shall not commit adultery, the seventh. You shall not steal, the eighth. You shall not lie or you shall not bear false witness, which include lying, slandering, gossip. You shall not covet, the tenth commandment. These commandments are, were never meant to save us. These commandments were meant to show us we need to be saved. Do I say that again? These commandments cannot save you. These commandments reveal to you why you need to be saved and why Jesus came to be our Lord and our Savior. The law serves an important purpose. It's not been done away with. It shows us what's right and what's wrong. It reveals to us what God declares to be good and true and what God declares to be wrong. We'd be a lot better off with it and the awareness of it, the knowledge of it. Amen? Father in heaven, we thank you for this amazing law that you have given us. And Jesus, we thank you. You did not come to abolish it or do away with it. You came to fulfill it. You came to satisfy its demands. And we acknowledge that we have not. We acknowledge that we have sinned and broken the law in thought, word, and deed. We acknowledge our own guilt. But we thank you, Jesus. You fully fulfilled the demands of the law and then you gave yourself freely as a sacrifice for those of us who have not. Christ died for our sins. We thank you. We have sinned. You have not. You died for our sins so that we might be free. Thank you, and we bless you, and we love you. We give you praise and give you this day to follow you with all of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, the Word of God's powerful and smart, and it's wise, and it's filled with principles of life, including this one. And so that's why we get into the Word of God every single day. We don't think it's, we should do it just once a week. We don't think it's just even twice a week or a Bible study. We want to get into the Word of God and have it taught and learn it and meditate on it and pray over it and obey it seven days a week. Amen? So if you're new, I hope you'll join us and come. Welcome. I hope you'll join us. Subscribe to the channel. Make a commitment to come here every day, either live, 8.30 a.m., or later in the day, you can watch. You can even listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. Just search for Tom the Preacher. To those of you here every day, I love you. So glad to have you along. And as we continue tomorrow and looking at our relationship to the law, make sure you stop by and, um, and join us. God bless you. I love you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.